Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was driving in my car listening to Sirius XM and the song America by Simon and Garfunkel came on. I've heard this song hundreds of times. I've played this song live. I love this song. But it wasn't until that moment when it dawned on me. Let us be lovers we'll marry our fortunes together. This song has no rhymes. I've got some real estate here in my bag. There are no rhymes. So I called you up, Clint, and mentioned it, and you had never noticed. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about some songs that you've heard, maybe a lot of times, but probably never noticed. There are no rhymes. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what is the greatest song that doesn't rhyme? That's the age-old question. Clint. Let's start with a song that came out in February 1991 from the band R.E.M. The song is Losing My Religion. Hmm, Love that song. The album, Out of Time, was such a big hit that it transformed the band's status from cult band to massive international act. The album topped the charts in the U.S. and the U.K., selling 18 million copies worldwide. The album had two big hits, Shiny Happy People, remember that one? I do. Which featured Kate Pearson from the B-52s, another Athens, Georgia band. And the band's biggest hit of their career, Losing My Religion. The song is based around a mandolin riff written by the band's guitarist, Peter Buck. And he was sitting, watching television, trying to figure out how to play the mandolin. And he decided to record the session of him just fiddling around. The next day, he listened back, and most of it was crap, he said. (laughs) But amongst the awkwardness was this riff. I do remember that Peter Buck was tired of being a guitar hero and he didn't want to play electric guitar. So he started experimenting with different 
acoustic instruments and folk instruments, including the mandolin. That's the lead singer, Michael Stipe. But we're talking about lyrics. Oh, life is bigger. It's bigger than you, and you are not me. The lengths that I would go to. never ever noticed no. that this song doesn't rhyme first of all what are we talking about here this is a crazy concept to have a song that doesn't rhyme right as a songwriter i don't think i would ever even contemplate writing a song that doesn't rhyme just because i don't think that's how my brain works losing my religion is such a weird song anyway right like what do those lyrics mean first of all i he doesn't even know but the fact that it doesn't rhyme it's like when somebody writes a great song in seven, right? And it doesn't feel like it's in seven. Like this, right. this, because we've listened to the song for 20 plus years and never noticed it until now, yeah. means that he nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. What do you got? Okay, my first one. Alanis Morissette recorded Jagged Little Pill in 1995 with Glenn Ballard. So Glenn Ballard's publishing company set them up. It was like a writing date yeah and she's 19 years old she'd been on the tv show uh you can't do that on television is that what she was on oh. with the green slime i think she was like a child actress oh like on nickelodeon yeah something yeah. like that so shows up at glenn's house and he said in 30 minutes they had already started like they had an immediate connection have you do you know jagged little pill are you hip to that record yeah i remember it i probably know the hits yeah yeah and that's how i was too it's a all-star cast of musicians on the record like the red hot chili peppers play or lee does some right maybe chad smith does some dave navarro from jane's addiction plays guitar incredible musicians all right. around the song that i'm choosing that doesn't rhyme is called hand in my pocket you remember this song totally so here's the lyrics i'm broke but i'm happy i'm poor but i'm kind i'm short but i'm healthy yeah <laughs> I'm high but I'm grounded I'm sane but I'm overwhelmed I'm lost but I'm hopeful baby And what it all comes down to You said every man's gotta be fine, fine, fine Cause I've got one hand in my pocket And the other one is giving a high five Next I feel drunk but I'm sober I'm young and I'm underpaid I'm tired but I'm working yeah. Well you asked did I know that didn't rhyme It's not that I didn't know it didn't rhyme It's just that I'd never thought about it right. Which is the same thing yeah. but, And the fact that I never listened to it and said Huh that song doesn't rhyme Speaks to it's done so effectively that you right. don't notice it Right 
the human mind is programmed to want that rhyme. Being able to do it in a way that doesn't shock the listener is a true art form. All right, give me another one. We both love In Excess. Oh, yeah. But ever think about the fact that Need You Tonight doesn't have any rhyme? Oh, come on. What? So slide over here and give me a moment. Your moves are so raw. I've got to let you know you're one of my kind. So slide over here and give me a moment. Your moves are so raw. I've got to let you know. I've got to let you know. You're one of my kind. Not a rhyme to be seen what? anywhere. The song was the first single on their 1987 album, Kick. Amazingly, it's the only in excess single to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Listen to this, Clint. Andrew Ferris, who was the keyboard player, he said that he came up with a riff to the song while waiting for a cab to go to the airport to fly to Hong Kong. When the cab came, he asked the cab driver to wait a couple of minutes while he grabbed something from his hotel room. He ran up to his hotel room, Recorded the riff. And came down an hour later with a tape and a really pissed off cab driver. Wow. I mentioned it was from the album Kick. That was a huge record for me. Huge record for me. It came out when I was 11. You were 12, 13. And that record also featured New Sensation. Which, as far as I can figure, has little to no rhyme scheme also. Hmm. Live, baby, live. Now that the day is over, I got a new sensation in perfect moments, impossible to refuse. Cool. Live, baby, live. Now that the day is over. Devil Inside, which does have a A, B, C, B rhyme scheme. Here comes the woman with a look in her eyes. She's raised on leather with flesh on her mind. Yep. Here comes the woman with a look in her eye. Raised on leather with flesh on the mind. It's a rhyme. It's a rhyme. Yeah. And Never Tear Us Apart, which also has a semblance of a rhyme scheme. But wait. Yes. What were the biggest hits from Kick? Never Tear Us Apart and Devil Inside. I'm saying the ones that rhymed were the oh, bigger hits. Devil Inside has a, has rhyme, a rhyme. And Never, never Tear Us Apart, Apart has a rhyme. Does the human experience subconsciously need that rhyme, need that rhyme to mm. become a That's interesting. massive hit? I don't know. Interesting. My next one yeah. is There Goes My Baby by The Drifters. So it's a song written by Ben E. King, the guy from, who wrote Stand, Stand By, by me. me. Now, he was in The Drifters. I didn't know any of this. So the song's written by George Treadwell, Lover Patterson, and produced by Lieber and Stoller. Wonder where, wonder where, wonder where 
this was Benny King's debut recording as the lead singer of the group. Huh. So, reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100, and it was behind a big hunk of love, a big hunk of burning love by Elvis Presley. Oh, so there goes my baby, moving on down the line. Wonder where, wonder where, wonder where she is bound. I broke her heart and made her cry. Now I'm alone, so all alone. What can I do? What can I do? It's funny when you read lyrics in prose form right. that don't rhyme. It's not a song. Like, how could you put that into a song? It makes you wonder what was written first. Like, was the music there and somebody top-lined it? Yes. Or did somebody just write these words and then the music went around the words? Right. That's a total... Boy. Right, because you'd look at those lyrics. If someone gave you those lyrics, you'd be like, That's not a song. Hey, can you come back to me when these when yeah. these rhyme? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Come back when you have a serious conversation. <laughs> yeah. If I had been in the drifters, I would have been like a uh, couple 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 First notes. of all, wow. First of all, wow. <laughs> Great song. Couple things. Couple things. All right, we talked about the great songwriting partnership of Elton John and Bernie Taupin in episode 39. One of their biggest hits has no rhymes. Rocket Man. What? I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space. On such a time. Another one that I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of times and never thought about it once. It came out on the album Honky Chateau from 1972. There's a line in the song that has confused a lot of people. It's this song about an astronaut, and he says, It's just my job five days a week. And all the science I don't understand. The song was inspired by a short story, The Rocket Man, by Ray Bradbury, about a future when space travel is so commonplace that astronauts are no longer considered heroes. They're just working nine to five jobs. At the 1978 Grammys, Bernie introduced William Shatner to perform Rocket Man <laughs> as some sort of monologue or beat poem. Have you seen this? Yes, it's so good. I'm not sure what the intention was, but here it is. Oh, miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. But that's a great, listening to it that way, you can hear, there's no rhyme. No rhyme. This is the song 
on the night that I was going to propose to my wife, we did karaoke. Yeah. This was the song I did. Rocket. I should know that this, I should know this song. I've played this song dozens of times. Right. No rhyme. And this is, this is for me another fascinating thing about Bernie Taupin and Elton John collaboration. That because those songs all started as lyrics first, and he gave sheets of lyrics to Elton. You know, you know, I've talked about the fact that Elton John songs don't have bridges, mm-hmm. in part because the song is sort of constrained by how it was constructed by Bernie when he was writing the lyrics. Yeah, and Bernie maybe wasn't thinking about like, okay, we need a middle eight here, right? So in this case, the lyrics are always first. So you're writing the song based on a f- syllable length, because that's the other thing, Elton John puts a bunch of notes on one word. Right. On such a timeless flight. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. On such a timeless flight. The change of the music is after two lines of prose. So it's like he doesn't need the rhyme because the music changed. Interesting. That's interesting. And that is one of the all-time great songs. Yeah. It has to be in the in the running for one of the greatest of all time. Okay, there's another one. Yeah. Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. Also, no rhymes. This song I had no idea about, but it is a tribute to Billie Jean King, the tennis star in the 70s. Philadelphia Freedom is obviously written lyrically by Bernie Taupin. It was released as a single in 1975. It was the fourth of Elton John's six number one U.S. hits during the early and mid-70s. Elton John meets Billie Jean King at a fundraiser for something, and they immediately hit it off. And Elton John leaves the party and talks to Bernie, says, I want to write a tribute to Billie Jean King. Go. I used to be a rolling stone, you know. If a cause is right. So she was the number one player in the world at that time. And actually for the fifth time in the previous seven years. Do you remember the Battle of the Sexes exhibition match? Do you remember that? Yes. The following is an exclusive presentation of ABC Sports. Live from the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. The tennis battle of the sexes, Billy Jean King versus Bobby Riggs. It's hard to believe, but probably more than 30,000 people are in this arena for an all-time record tennis audience anywhere in the world. Hello again, everyone. I'm Howard Cosell. We're delighted to be able to... So as a 55-year-old man, he claimed that he could still beat a woman. So King was 29 at the time in a tennis match because it was a man's game. So... On September 20th, 1973, at the Astrodome in Houston, they did a match televised worldwide, and she won, obviously. Many times, Elton John would fly to the event where she was playing and be on the sidelines cheering her on, which is awesome. This time, he couldn't go, but apparently lost his voice screaming at the TV in his hotel room, which is hilarious. Bernie wrote all the lyrics to the songs. Yep. But Elton John would often give him song titles. So this is an example where he's like, I want it, Philadelphia Freedom, I want that to be the title. 
and now go work your magic. So they're like in the locker room before one of her tennis matches, and he walks in, has a cassette tape, plays her the song in the locker room, silence, and then after the song, she loved it. So, oh, Philadelphia Freedom, shine on me. That's the, yeah. Philadelphia Freedom is, uh, I didn't know much about that song. I can't believe it was a number one hit, and I don't even know it that well, but... Okay, some other songs that, until this episode, I hadn't noticed that didn't rhyme. Go. Moonlight in Vermont. As listeners to this show know, we both live in Vermont. So this is a good one to discuss. Written by John Blackburn and Carl Sussdorf, and first published in 1944, the song not only doesn't rhyme, but each verse is a haiku. Oh, wow. Which, as our learned listeners will know, is a type of poetry structure originally from Japan, that are generally three lines following a five-seven-five syllable pattern. For example, pennies in a stream, falling leaves, the sycamore, moonlight in Vermont. Pennies in a stream, five syllables. Falling leaves, the sycamore, seven syllables. Moonlight in Vermont, five syllables. A lot of performers have done this one. Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, Frank Sinatra. But let's listen to Willie Nelson's version. Pennies in a stream Falling leaves a sycamore Moonlight in Vermont it's from his 1978 album, Stardust. I produced a record with the Dissipated Eight, which a is the acapella group a- from Middlebury Middlebury College. College that you were in yep. and that you led. And this was years later, maybe five years ago, I made a record for them in Moonlight in Vermont. Had you ever noticed that it didn't write? No. And God, I didn't know it was a haiku situation. Clearly, in this case, lyrics came first, if they're a haiku, because it was somebody's third grade project. Right, right, <laughs> right. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Oh, man. Willie won a Grammy for a track on this album. But it was a song about another state, not Vermont, Georgia. Georgia. Georgia on my mind. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day through. Was that the concept for the record? 
Just an old sweet song I don't think so Keeps George on my mind But for what it's worth, George on my mind does rhyme. Big hit. Another song. How about Joni Mitchell's A Case of You? Hmm. Just before our love got lost, you said, I'm as constant as a northern star. And I said, constantly in the darkness? Where's that at? Just before our love got lost, you said, I am as constant as a northern star. And I said, constantly in the darkness, where's that at? If you want me, I'll be at the bar. I guess that does rhyme. Star and bar. Oh, yeah, that's a rhyme. On the back of a cartoon TV screen light. I drew a map of Canada. Oh, Canada. The song was on Joni's masterpiece album, Blue, written mostly about her breakup with Graham Nash. On the recording, she's playing an Appalachian dulcimer, and James Taylor is playing acoustic guitar. I would still be on my feet. I could drink a case of you and I'd still be on my feet. That's a great lyric. Huh. Wow. What do you got? One of your favorite bands. Okay, good. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yes. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Doesn't rhyme. It's also an epic tune that has four completely different sections. This is like one of the greatest masterpieces, in my opinion. I agree. It's, of one, a song. Of, it's one of my all time favorites. First of all, do you know what the tuning of this song? Open E. 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 e B. E. e. <laughs> this song appears on their self-titled debut album in 1969 and was released as a single, reaching number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100 Pop Singles chart. So the song was written about his former girlfriend, singer-songwriter Judy Collins. It's about their imminent breakup. It's getting to the point It's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. I'm sorry. Sometimes it hurts so badly I must cry out loud. I am lonely. I am yours. You are mine. You are what you are. You make it hard. It's very breakup-y. I mean, it's, it's, it's like sad when you read the lyrics like this. And like actually makes me like love Stephen Stills that he as a man in 1969 is vulnerable enough to write like sometimes it hurts so badly I must cry out loud I'm lonely Sweet Judy Blue Eyes was the first song they played at Woodstock Woodstock which is their first gig first ever gig first ever gig in front of 500,000 people playing this epic tune 
That's super ballsy because this song is no joke. No joke. Don't let the past remind us of what we are not now. I am not leaving. I am yours. You are mine. You are what you are. You make it hard. And to play it, play the guitar part, as you said, this crazy tuning. And then all these intricate vocal parts and harmonies. And many lyrics. Tearing yourself away from me now. You are free. And I am crying. They're probably high, too. Right. Right? So they're, they're, you're going out in front of 500,000 people for your first gig. Yeah. About to do a four-part suite with... 800 lyrics the second section Friday evening Sunday in the afternoon what have you got to lose Tuesday morning please be gone I'm tired of you what have you got to lose Friday So in that case, what have you got to lose and what have you got to lose is the rhyme. Is the rhyme. Can I tell it like it is? Help me, I'm suffering. Listen to me, baby. It's my heart that's a suffering. It's a dying. Help me, I'm dying. And that's what I have to lose. Can I tell it like it is? Listen to me, baby. It's my heart that's a suffering. It's a dying. I've got an answer. I'm going to fly away. What have I got to lose? I've got an answer. I'm going to fly away. What have I got to lose? That's section two. Right. This next chunk of lyrics is one of my favorite lyrics. I mean, chestnut brown canary ruby-throated sparrow. Now comes the only rhymes. Sing a song, don't be long, thrill me to the marrow. Chestnut brown canary, ruby-throated sparrow. Sing the song, don't be long, thrill me to the marrow. So this, this section actually rhymes. Voices of the angels ring around the moonlight, asking me, said she so free, how can you catch the sparrow? Voices of the angels ring around the moonlight, asking me, said she so free, how can you catch the sparrow? And you know, this whole idea of like this alliteration, lacy lilting lady, losing love lamenting. It's around the same time he's written Helplessly Hoping, which is all alliteration. Yeah. Huh. So and it's Stephen Stills who wrote that as well. So like somebody tipped him off and he's like, Ooh, ooh, alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna write massive hits now. Helplessly hoping her harlequin hovers. 
neighbors nearby awaiting a word. And then the next section's in Spanish. Right, like it doesn't even make sense in Spanish, apparently. And that ends the sweep. That is a massive tune with really unbelievably well-written lyrics. That don't rhyme. That don't rhyme. Generally speaking. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. You and I are both fans of Sting. Yeah. How about this song from Ten Summoner's Tales? You'll remember me when the west wind moves upon the fields of barley. You'll forget the sun in his jealous sky as we walk in fields of gold. You'll remember me when the west wind moves upon the fields of barley. You'll forget the sun in his jealous sky as we walk in fields of gold. No rhyme. Time out. <laughs> barley? Upon the fields of barley. That's the lyric? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the fields of Bali. <laughs> like in Bali, like they, the farmers of Bali <laughs> had fields of gold. Wow. So they just heard. Sting has described the fields of barley near his English manor. He says, in England, our house is surrounded by barley fields. And in the summer, it's fascinating to watch the wind moving over the shimmering surface like waves on an ocean of gold. There's something inherently sexy about the sight, something primal, as if the wind was making love to the barley. That's so sting. That's so sting. By the way, Paul McCartney has said this is a song that he wishes he had written. Woo. Here he is talking to Jarvis Cocker a few years ago. Is there a song you are jealous of and wish that you had written? And if so, why? Or what is it? Uh, yeah, there's always a couple that I hear, you know, that I think are nice and I would like to. Um, I liked Sting's Field of Gold. Mm. And I thought, you know what, I, I should have written that. <laughs> How dare he? Did you, did you let him know that? Yeah. Yeah? I told him, you stole my song. <laughs> and I thought that was a nice one, you know. Wow. That blew my mind that there was no rhymes there. Clint, should we go to the comments? I cannot wait. <laughs> Let's go to the comments. Eric Gorman writes in response to episode 42 on best stage names. He writes, you forgot the greatest of all time. Okay. Perry Farrell. Peripheral. <gasps> no. That just blew my mind. I wait, know. is that a thing? I. What? Peripheral. Peripheral. No. Curtis Linder writes on Facebook about episode nine on the best cover versions of all time. He says, really great podcast, guys. Thanks, Curtis. I'm listening to the best cover version song. You bring up Dreams. The main two are the Allman Brothers Band and Mo Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet. Yeah. But the one between, the link, if you will, is the Buddy Miles version. I can't wait to hear it. Just one more.
Thanks, Curtis. Paul writes on Facebook that our discussion in episode 21 on the greatest, greatest hits album should have included Elton John's greatest hits. Oh, man. Definitely. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. That may be a bonehead moment. Rich and Speaking of Elton John, we did an episode that asked, would you rather be Elton, the rock star, or Bernie, the anonymous but very handsomely paid lyricist? Our listener, Russ, writes on Facebook, just listen to the Elton Bernie episode. You may want to listen to Limelight by Rush. In that song, Neil is writing about just this dichotomy and the perils of fame. It could be the theme song for that episode. Russ, thanks so much. We've said before and we'll say again, Rush is definitely in our blind spot. Yeah, just don't know anything about Rush. So maybe this this is going to force us to deep dive into We're Rush. We're going to have to like yep. open our minds yep. and our and our hearts yep. to Rush. Yep. Clint, remember in episode 46, we posed the question to our listeners, should we tape an episode in front of a live audience? Yes. Stephen K writes on Instagram, your question about doing it live, absolutely. I'd be there and bring friends. Suggested topic, controversial bands who some love, some hate. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Skinnered would fall in that category for me. That some people love. Yeah. And some people hate. But who hates Skinner? Well, I think it's more of the, right. the politicalization of and the, Confederate flag. And the Confederate flag at the concerts. And- yeah. Clint. As most people know, we record our show in Vermont. Today, we're actually recording in an undisclosed location in Connecticut. (laughs) And we have a special guest. He's been a guest on the show before. We love having him on. He's one of my bandmates from The Sweet Remains. Greg Naughton in studio. We've done more than 45 shows, and this is our first live in studio guest. Wow. What's the greatest song that doesn't rhyme? Ah, yes. Here's one that you guys probably... One of my favorite uh, artists is Ron Sexsmith. He's a great uh, Canadian singer-songwriter, and I've been a fan for a long time. For some reason, these lyrics go in my head all the time. It's called From a Few Streets Over. It's off of his debut album, uh, Mitchell Froom Produced. The lyrics are... From a few streets over Before the sun goes down You can hear it coming closer To this dislocated shoulder Up in old and crooked town There's a rhyme. There are but, this, it's just, but it's so it's not really, where you want it. Right. He kind of screws with the rhyme scheme throughout. Right. So you maybe that's why the song sticks in my head. I just love... It's all really vivid, but then in the second verse, he, he gets a little more rhymey with... Uh, in the land of plenty, the money here is tight, and the children here are many. If you do have any, will park his van outside. I don't know the song, but when you hear it spoken like that, it's the rhyme is in the wrong place. That's like... Yes. And it's conscious, right? He's doing that on purpose. He's really a brilliant songwriter, so he definitely is. And I think, like, uh, you know, as we are all students of songwriting and lyrics and such, a lyric kind of device that I really like is 
when somebody just breaks up the rhyme scheme and they have you go in a certain way and then to me what spoils it is if they go a little too far with it and it gets too rhymey and it kind of takes you out of like okay well they felt they had to find the rhyme there and instead when they break it it really kind of focuses your attention to that thought or that image and conversely if somebody is a slave to rhyming in a song it it, here it comes, loses all right here all comes meaning. car far yeah here yeah. comes yeah you're like well that's not really you're not talking about anything anymore you just sat down to try and write right. a song <laughs> you just have a rhymer's dictionary yeah and you're just exactly uh, I'm sure you guys talked about all I want to do Cheryl Crow all I want to do is have a little fun before I die That's a famous oh, one. That's a famous really famous one. one. They were working on the album, uh, one of the best-selling debut albums of all time. The story was that she went into, you know, break from the studio, and she was in a store to just get some stuff. And at the checkout counter, she saw a book, like one of those sort of truck stop novel type books, and opened it up and just thought this was funny. They needed. They needed lyrics for this song oh, they'd been working on you know this jam that they had and she just sang these over them and they don't I mean they, it doesn't work it doesn't work but, but that's what's so great right. about it it's one of those examples where it's almost so not artfully done right that it uh, it's, it's bringing up you know Tom's Diner we would be boneheads if we didn't mention that song because that is the ultimate non-rhyme song. Oh, really? I was standing at the counter with oh, the right, man. Right. Like, there's not a single rhyme in that entire song. The Cheryl Crow one, that's like the for the benefit of Mr. Kite. It's really, it's, it's oh, prose. It's, it's, it's like the, a novel. It's about the guy at the... All I want to do is have a little fun before I die, says the man next to me out of nowhere. It's apropos of nothing. He says his name is William. I'm sure he's Bill or Billy or Mac or Buddy. He, he's plain ugly to me, and I wonder if he's ever had a day of fun in his whole life. <laughs> the art in that, though, is finding that, you know, those pros and fitting it and making it work the emphasis the, the that's rhythm a, of that's it. a genius of yeah. Paul Simon like yeah. he talks on a lot of his writing about how he would do that and try to artfully find you know the right syllable to hit and make that work the story of Cheryl Crow that you just told of her hearing that line and, and it's sort of inspiring is similar to we've talked about this before but Mark Knopfler was sitting in like a electronic store in Times Square and he was just listening to some of the oh, workers yes, talking, and they, they were watching MTV, and he's like, look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. You play your guitar on the MTV. <laughs> that ain't working. <laughs> and so he just was writing down literally what he was hearing. Did he hear them say money for nothing and your yeah, chicks for free? you get your money for nothing, you get your chicks for free. And then... <laughs> and, oh, yeah, that <laughs> moment, you're like, it was pretty iPhone. <laughs> yeah. like, look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. Play the guitar on the MTV That ain't working That's the way you do it Money for nothing And your chicks for free 
but I was listening to that song on the radio a few weeks ago, and the lyric, we got to move these color TVs, and I was thinking, our kids will have no idea what they're talking about. Color TVs. Like... At that time, it was like, hey, there's some black and white TVs over here, but then we got these brand new color TVs. Look at this guy. Get him a meatball sandwich, huh? That's all gone, for sure. Here's a, th- a thought, though. Like, if you're talking about where does rhyming or not rhyming fit into great songwriting, and we talked about how something can be too rhymy and it can destroy it. An example uh, of really rhymy that doesn't destroy it. Maybe that's why this song is so great is Hallelujah. Mm. Um, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Mm. If you think about those, like the first verse, uh, no, I've heard that there's a secret chord David played and he pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor falls, the major lift, the baffled king composing Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. There's so much internal rhyme but he varies the rhyme scheme enough, I guess, to keep you from getting sick of it. But also the images within it are so strong yeah, that you yeah. never feel like he's cheaping out on the rhyming. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. The baffled king composing hallelujah. But the baffled king composing hallelujah, then you're. And baffled as the adjective is perfect. It 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 just just shakes that all off and says, no, I'm actually writing about some real shit here. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You talked about how the rhyme scheme the example you gave of Ron Sexsmith where the rhyme was sort of falling on the wrong in the wrong spot right Eminem does that a lot where there's these internal rhymes and Lin-Manuel Miranda does it oh, God. can you do the oh, opening, yeah, he does it. opening lines of, of Hamilton yeah yeah but I'm gonna do it in a Boston accent okay okay <laughs> how does a bastard orphan Son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence impoverished and squalor. Grow up to be a hero and a scholar. The $10 founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder, by being a lot smarter. (laughs) That's something like that. That's That's, so That's Peter from, from Peter Griffin. But... Like that's an example where the rhyme there's lots of internal rhymes farther and farther and forgotten and spot in the you know yeah he's put it in a blender the rhyme scheme on it it just keeps changing on you all the time and that's what makes that brilliant and so repeatable so something you want to sing and think about you know as opposed to something where you just. And Eminem has to be. I feel like before Eminem, hip hop was very much like that. Right. But what Eminem did was, you didn't see it coming. Right. And so he snuck the rhyme so deeply 
into the middle of the phrase. Shocking. Can you give us an Eminem rhyme? His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. Bombs is brilliant, because bombs is the only thing in there that doesn't have a rhyme anywhere, you know? He's got... He's being very, very rhymy, and then he drops bombs, uh, pun intended, probably. Yeah. And it it just lands hard, because it, right. there's no rhyme to it, really. Freaking genius. Love it. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd so loud he opens his mouth but the words won't come out he's choking how everybody's we were talking earlier we can't think of any songs that we've written that didn't have rhymes and it's just really interesting Mm. you know dylan for example it's really hard to find any song in his repertoire and he's written hundreds and hundreds of songs with many 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 rhyming verses very hard to find a song in his catalog that doesn't rhyme. Well, if there is one, you better find it, or you're going to be doing a uh, Rich and Cleaner Boneheads next week. <laughs> <laughs> Have you written a song that doesn't rhyme? I will definitely drop in words in a spot that don't rhyme uh, on purpose, right? But Because uh, for me and Clint, it's subconsciously or unconsciously central to how we go about songwriting like maybe even just on dance with me there's a there's a spot is this maybe i'm wrong but uh so if the opening is um this old house is cracked and worn the walls are faded and the curtains torn uh, sometimes it feels like we're running just to keep from falling behind this old house is cracked and worn the walls are faded and the curtains torn sometimes it feels like we're running just to keep falling behind Day is done, so won't you come? Leave the dishes, turn the TV on. I built this fire, yes, and the fire is warm. So that yeah. falling behind does that rhyme has no rhyme with anything? There's a couple of no rhymes yeah. in there, right? Did you write the music first, or did the lyric, or were you fitting the lyric to a melody? I think it's a long time ago that one, but I think um, I had just the chorus. The chorus just wrote itself Dance in my head, me. and then I had to write the verses. Yep. And so yeah, the verse was. Dance with me to this song. Dance now, darling, let your hair run down. Dance with me all night long. Dance now, darling, to this song. It, it would be fascinating to know what percentage of number one songs don't rhyme. Oh, Meaning man. like almost, how many, almost, almost none, none right? right? To be a number we're one smash. About, we're talking about serious wordsmiths here. Right. And the people that, that you go to for thoughtful lyrics, not necessarily hit songs. I think Losing My Religion was a number one hit. There's a few, but they're few and far between is my guess. Oh, I'd love, yeah, I'm going to have to listen to that again now. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight, losing my religion. He's a brilliant lyricist. He really is. Oh, he's got a lot of great lyrics. One song we've talked about on this podcast before that you've brought up is Across the Universe. Words are flowing out 
like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither, slither while they slip. They make, make their the way across, across the universe. universe. No rhymes. Slip it, like universe. some internal rhymes, like possessing and caressing me or inciting and inviting me. Which is the same line. They were so brilliant with rhyme, right? And when you think about even like uh, Eleanor Rigby has got a weird, interesting rhyme scheme. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in a church where a wedding has been, lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing a face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is, Who is it, it for? for? Like, so that's, that's, yeah, you know, those right. little, just those little tag lines rhyme. The rest of them don't. Father Mackenzie writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. No one, no one comes, comes near. Look at him working, darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. What does he care? I always thought that was the coolest lyric, darning the socks. And, I, and as a kid, I was like, what does that even mean? I had to look it up and it's like, how, what kind of madman thinks of that lyric? Darning I is, think it's just is sewing. Re- sewing. Thing, re- sewing sewing holes. Does Norwegian wood, does that rhyme? Or does that have like... It does have a rhyme. So I once had a girl, or should I say she once had me. She showed me her room. Isn't it good? Norwegian wood. But it's totally screwing with the rhyme scheme. Like it's, it's like we're not gonna. I'm not gonna rhyme. Oh, that's in, interior rhyme there at the end. Second verse has a totally different rhyme scheme. She asked me to stay, and she told me to sit anywhere. I looked around, and I noticed there wasn't a chair. Uh-huh. And then the third verse has even a different rhyme scheme. I sat on a rug, biding my time, drinking her wine. Uh-huh. We talked until two, and then she said, "It's time for bed." <laughs> So, th- first three verses, three different rhyme schemes. Weird. Yeah, that's cool. And it feels that way. When you hear that song, it just has, um, it, it kind of keeps you thinking and listening because it's so unusual. Well, Penny Lane is interesting rhyme schemes. So, Penny Lane, there is a barber showing photographs of every head he's had the pleasure to know. And all the people that come and go stop and say hello. So, there's rhyme, right? On the corner is a banker with a motor car, and little children laugh at him behind his back. And the banker never wears a Mac in the pouring rain. Very strange. So the rhymes happen at the end of the verses. I think we're seeing a, tr- I think we're seeing a trend. I mean, Paul's lyrics have that end rhyme. Right. Mm. He might that's, like to do that, huh? That's three. So did we do it? I, did we? <laughs> okay, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Live in studio. I oh, love it. Love it. Thanks, Greg. Love you guys. Penny Lane, there is a barber showing photographs of every head he's had the pleasure to know. And all the people that come and go, stop and say hello. So, do we have an answer? The best song that doesn't rhyme? It's another impossible question, right? But I'm going back to the song that opened our conversation, America by Paul Simon. Let us be lovers, we'll marry our fortunes together. I've got some real estate here in my bag. So we bought a pack of cigarettes, and this is where pies and wine. Kathy, I'm lost, I said, though I knew she was sleeping. I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. Counting the cars on the New Jersey turnpike, 
They've all come to look for America. It's perfect. It's so... It Toss me a cigarette. I think there's one in my raincoat. Toss me a cigarette. I think there's one in my raincoat. We smoked the last one an hour ago. So I looked at the scenery. She read her magazine And the moon rose over an open field And the moon rose over an open field That's the one part in the song that you notice that it doesn't rhyme Right And I didn't notice that the rest didn't rhyme until that moment, you're it, you're absolutely right. It's that is the I one noticed, moment I noticed that that line doesn't right. rhyme. And you're like over an open field. Okay, cool. But I didn't realize that none of it rhymed before then. The other thing about this song, huh. and this is a separate topic that I'm interested to get back to, is the idea of time signature. And this song is in six eight, mm-hmm. and there's something about this time signature that I love, like. There's something about six eight one two three. Four, your head, five, like six, you're bobbing, one, two, it three, it four, makes you five, think of six. what yeah. is it? I don't know. You've written many songs in the, six eight. The songs that I feel have been, in some ways, most successful that I've written have been in six eight, which is fascinating. I say all the time, like a really one of my favorite songwriters told me recently that he's not been writing because he's just not inspired. And I get that. Like, sometimes inspiration helps make it easier. But you and I both subscribe to this idea that, like... Get your ass in the chair. Get your ass in the chair. Yeah. Pick up your instrument. Do the work. Do the work. And if you're feeling, like, uninspired with your guitar, and this is my advice to anyone out there likes to write or is interested in writing, like, pick up a capo and, like, see what it sounds like to play, you know, a C chord, capo three, or try an open tuning. Yeah. Change one string. Or try something in 6-8. Yeah. Like, something emerges. Something always emerges. Yep. Kathy, I'm lost, I said. Oh, I knew she was sleeping. I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. Counting the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike, they've all come to look for a One thing I do want to mention, though, is if you're listening to the podcast on a streaming site such as Apple Music or Spotify, what would really help us out is if you rate the podcast and give us a review because that actually helps the robots find us. It really does take a village, and you guys are part of our village. Share the podcast with one person. Just one person, when you're listening to this, text it to someone and say, hey, I like this podcast. I think you might, too. do it i think we did i it. think we did it i think it's, it's america right it's america or it's fields of gold oh yeah i love both those songs i'm gonna say america i would say sweet judy blue eyes and america america's a perfect song that i didn't know didn't, didn't rhyme. rhyme we hope you had fun as much fun as we did and we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old age question, question. Follow 
follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.